Hello, everyone. This is Debbie Happy Cohen with the Sassy Southern Yankee. And that is the name of this blog. I am the founder of Joy Based Living, and I've been a life and business coach for more than 20 years. And I'm joined here by somebody who's a very good friend who's been a client for many years. And she is an artist and an art teacher who also te leads classes in art therapy. And we started joining forces when the, she likes to call it the Rona. The Rona came to visit and we have all this self-quarantine and we wanted to provide a place of comfort, education, ease for uh, parents and families. Um, we're in season two of the Sassy Southern Yankee because I turned it into clean language after this started. And so this is episode number 34. And um, I'm mentioning that up front because uh, we are a creative duo. And this isn't just a podcast. It's also a blog post. And so you can find any of our blogs, which include the podcast in them, um, at joybaseliving.com. And if you just click Lioness in the menu, or you write Lioness in the box at the bottom in the search bar, You'll find all of our joint efforts with these podcasts in there. And this is episode 34, so you'll be able to find us that way. And thank you for the comments because we got one yesterday. Well, we're actually like titling this episode right now, which sometimes changes by the end of the episode, but I think this one's going to stick. This one's called Beaming Out a Clear Signal, A Soul Sister Found Us. And soul is spelled S-E-O-U-L because she lives in South Korea. She is an attorney in the field of construction. She's also an author. And do you remember, do you remember the movie, Michelle? I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the movie with Jodie Foster where she, uh, she's, it's called Contact and she's beaming out a signal like to reach alien life force, you know, alien life forms and other planets. Vaguely. So there's like this scene where like, like throughout the whole movie, like she lost her parents when she was young and her dad was a trucker. And so she has these memories of like being on the CB radio, like trying to reach truckers, you know, and mm -hmm. talking to truckers. And so when she grows up, she becomes a scientist and now she's like beaming out a much bigger signal. Right. <laughs> And, and like, there's some scenes where there's like a ton of like, um, uh, satellite dishes right. all beaming out. So it's like really expensive governmental project kind of a thing. And, um, one of the things that happened through this particular comment, because we didn't know this person at all. She's got a, a really wonderful way of writing. She writes personal development, um, at, very philosophical and deep levels, but in a way that's also fun and very readable and artistic. And I was so proud of us, Michelle, because she commented on one of our, what I would call one of our deeper conversations. Right, right. And it was called, Do You Ever Space Out? How Are You Dealing With Uncertainty, Sadness, and Grief? It was episode 28. Well, like, like sometimes we put out things like, you know, how to keep your kids happy, you know, like, like we'll do light things also. 
um, which is more to me like reaching a, a wider audience. Right. So when somebody gives a deep response to something that we put out at depth, there is a soul kinship mm. there. And so I would like to just start out by right, sharing what she, what she wrote. She said, um, great post, uncertain is the condition that impels man to unfold his powers. I've spent some time reflecting on the same subject. I wrote an article recently titled The Art of Living in Uncertain Times. Her name is Joanne Reed, J-O-A-N-N-E-R-E-E-D. And you can easily find her, you know, if you just Google her name or whatever. But um, I immediately wrote her back and then Michelle wrote her back. And, and like, you know, when you meet people who have like-minded values, but like your values to begin with were a little bit like not mainstream, Right. And and so then when you like you have that recognition of, yeah, this person understands like the depth of trauma and uncertainty. They they're willing to engage the fullness of spirit. They're also willing to talk about and challenge themselves to be the very best they can be. Um, she has her book in English and in French and the name of her book um is oh I just had it in front of me sorry it's so good it's it's called this is your quest your mission colon to experience happiness along the way and Michelle I'm just so proud of us because that comment from her and the depth of who she is is a validation to me that we at the stage that we are, which isn't tiny, tiny, but it's small. Right. Right. Um, that we're beaming out a really clean, clear signal. Yeah. That this is the one, a woman who loves meaningful conversations. And she landed upon us. And, and she landed upon us. Right. I mean, isn't that phenomenal? I just think that's stunningly beautiful. And, and um, you know, our, our tagline is our superpower is love and meaningful conversations make up our world. That's the tagline for joy-based living. Right. And it's one thing to say it, but we actually created that after we became that. Yeah. Like we didn't, like, we didn't have that tagline when we first started three years ago. Like we became that. And then it was like, oh my gosh, we've always been that, you know, like that, that right, kind right. of a uh, recognition. And then it just like, we are so, uh, we've been promoting in ourselves and in each other for, for so long now, um, honor commitment and loyalty and authenticity and being yourself and like showing up fully and playing the game fully and like and and then I guess we're not really trained in our culture to feel that we will be recognized or seen if we don't do what's mainstream oh that's absolutely true yeah we're not taught yeah 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 
so and and so, so what are the implications of that with the human spirit is is that the human spirit often gets uh, snuffed or suffocated like it doesn't have enough oxygen to breathe right and then we become more people pleasers rather than creators and when we give ourselves like a sense of spaciousness to be who we really are and show up and dance and the internet is what has really given us so much freedom to be able to do that. But then you have to practice self-expression. Mm-hmm. Like, like I think all of us within our circle have been doing a lot of like self-expression, self-expression, you know, like figuring out who we are in our journals and our friendships and our, you know, in our communities. Um, but recently, like in the last few months, we've become more deliberate on what that looks like uh, in social media, for example. Oh, yeah. Like, we aren't that, like, like we haven't been practicing at that level for years. Well, but I think that one of the, it's, it's kind of like a toddler, you know, so the, the baby grows up and not grows up, but it comes to a point to where, you know, it's crawling. And you know first of all it's got to get up and kind of like lift its head and and like you know we went through all these different stages of growth and so then it it goes gets to the point to where it crawls and then it lifts itself up and it takes that one step and we're like oh we stepped out we're a little bit more authentic a little bit for us but maybe it was a pretty significant for those of us in our group they're like wow you really stepped out and so then we support each other and and then we're like, wow, we can take that other step. And then we take two or three steps. And then we, st- you know, two, three, four, five steps. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, we're like walking across the room. And we're like, right. wait, yeah. Right, so, right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> well, well, it's funny. It's funny because on one hand, like, on one hand, absolutely. Like, I think what you're just, what you're talking about is like our ability to communicate who we are because, On the other hand, like I've been doing this for 20 years. You've been doing art for 20 years. Like we have achieved a level of mastery, each one of us. Mm -hmm. Like, like we know how to provide really good steak or if you're vegetarian, really good tofu. Like we know how to provide like really good nutritious stuff within our given fields. But that's one thing to be able to do that within your world it's another thing to be able to express what you're doing and then to attract people who are like-minded who can join you on your journey Mm, yes you know what I'm saying so so like like when you were saying that about toddler like because we have like audience members who don't know us like I think it's important to clarify where the toddlerhood is like I've been doing blogs for like 15 20 years Right, right. But never this clear. Never this, True. never this um, laser beam. You know, the signal wasn't this clear. It was clear enough to start joy based living and to have really good things happen. Well, and even like if you think about, um, let's see, we're on thirty four. So what, like, just a, a, a two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, when you and I first started doing this we knew that we wanted to make a difference Mm -hmm. in the age of the Rona (laughs) 
Um, of the Rona. Of the Rona. Um, <laughs> and so as we've done that, you know, the first couple of days, we're like, well, what do we want to talk about? Okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. And so now when we have our pre-call, pre, pre-podcast call to kind of, you know, like set up, you know, talk about, well, I did this today. I did that today. This is what moved me. This is what moved you. You know, we're like really clear about it because, you know, we're, we're going through what everybody else is going through and we're listening and we're paying attention. And so, and then, but we also, like you said, we're very clear in who we are in joy-based living and who we are as, as, as individuals in our communities, in our mm-hmm. communities as individuals who are being as authentic as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. and then expressing ourselves in the age of the rona it's I, I absolutely it i mean it only makes sense that we're like really honing in on the things that are pertinent for this particular time in in history yeah well and it well it makes me wonder like i wonder that for those who are listening like where are you in your ability to beam out a clear signal like, and, and it can change over time. Like what, 20 years ago when I was, you know, promoting Reach Your Stars and doing a lot of school seminars and getting corporate sponsors for that. And then I was doing like manifestation workshops. And so there was a clear signal going on then, but there wasn't all the internet that we have now. And right. I've changed as a person. And, and so like, I'm curious about our audience members, like what is your current signal and, and, and like on a scale of one to 10, is it like really fuzzy? Um, is it, is it really clear? Is it somewhere in the middle? Um, is there not even a scale? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, like, I think we're, we're each in our own p- place of development. And um, I, I think Part of what I wanted to share in in bringing this up about beaming a clear signal is that it's so worth the effort because like I love meeting people who love meaningful conversations yeah and and who have enough depth and who have enough respect for others to really engage the conversation in a way that can flourish for everybody in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And to me, each one of those people in my life who can do that and who wants to do that, they are like my biggest treasures. Like some people are like collectors of like glass fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of people who love deep meaningful conversations and who want to grow like not just philosophize and you know shoot the breeze but like who want to take what we gather from our experience and and do something with it not all the time I mean the other day um you know I laughed my head off so loudly that I just didn't even know what to do with myself um so not every meeting is like you have to do something with it but even within the context of that evening, 
the depth of conversations and the richness of conversations. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Are we going to go to 39? We're going to go to 39. We're going to do it. Um, so here's what's going on the other day. Is that okay if I go there, Michelle? I, I, can't, there. Even, I can't even hardly stand this. So <laughs> there are a few places I can't just like, I'm like, Oh yeah, we're not going to talk about that tonight. And there we are. And, and so, so, I, I feel like most everybody in the world, a concern about climate change. But like, I know that some of my friends like feel really called toward like, let's say, you know, what, what do you call it? Growing trees or, um, you know, other people feel really called about other like charity and, you know, feeding hungry people and, you know, helping homeless people. And I've worked with homeless people. I, those of you who've been listening, you know, I've like worked on, volunteered on a suicide hotline. I've worked with homeless people who are transitioning into regular everyday life. Like, I, I'm not afraid of the grime. I used to work also in the projects, helping teach parenting skills to teenage parents. Um, and with gunshots, down right down the street while mm -hmm. we're sitting outside mm -hmm. like on on metal chairs in her front yard that doesn't even have grass in it so um i'm i'm sharing this with you so that you have a context that what i'm about to say is um none of the 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 um the calls out there for even big brother big sister all these different things like they all had meaning to me, but none of them really pulled me. And the other day I heard somebody speak about, somebody asked a question of, um, of about what do we do about climate change during this time of the Rona? Right. And the answer that came through, I thought was, was really it was brilliant, but it was, it's still indirect even to me, but it makes the most sense even to me. So we're like, we're seeing cities have 75% less pollution, like, like within weeks. Wow. Um, wow. We know that if there's not enough trees in an area, they can grow them within a matter of years, like 10, 20, 30 years. The one thing that cannot be regenerated within a short amount of time, which is absolutely necessary for planet Earth to thrive, for humans to thrive on planet Earth, not just the little amoebas and bacteria and bugs, um, is the soil. And when the soil erodes into sand, it takes 100 to 200 years to replenish itself. A long time yeah. and that the only way to replenish itself is with manure and with leaves which means that it requires shade so the 39 inches are the 39 inches of topsoil now let's see i'm gonna st you understood this metaphor michelle but mm -hmm. you're like a metaphor person i'm gonna see if i could put it out there here so at Toy Base Living, we talked about a, a few, a couple of podcasts ago, a few podcasts ago, we, we talked about the fibers of 
our connections, our relationships with each other. And as we strengthen the fibers between us and we keep them clean and strong, and as we develop new fibers between among ourselves, like between me and you, between me and somebody else, between you and somebody else, right? Right, right. That joy-based living is those connections, kind of like you might see in like a world globe that has all the telecommunications lines going from city to city and country to country. And you can see where all of the, the, the lines are. And like in big cities, there's like a lot of them. Well, the quantity isn't, the quantity is important, but if you don't have the quality, you're not going to have a good cell signal. Right. And when I heard the 39 inches of topsoil, it was like, it struck me all the way in my core, the way I feel about joy-based living in our interrelationships and those fibers, those fibers between us on a physical level are invisible, but on a, on a, on a metaphysical level on beyond the physical, we know when we're beaming out a signal that feels negative when we think about another person, whether it's a politician or a family member, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I started seeing like the soil, the top, the 39 inches around the globe being the earth's network of richness and depth. And that we can't live without it. And I don't know an exact solution for it at this moment, but I kind of like want to start beaming out a message of 39 inches are important. We need to pay attention to the 39 inches. And I feel a little bit silly and a little bit crazy right now, like maybe too far ahead of my time, but (laughs) not too far ahead of my time, because I think this is important right now. It's just people don't, people like doing something about things that are physical. Right. And I like doing something about things that are, not physical, but that are absolutely essential, like love, like meaningful conversations and like the soil. I I mean, but it's also very important to you. And like when you're called, like you said, you know, you, you've worked in the inner city, you've worked on the suicide hotline, you've like done all of these things that, you know, are um you were passionate about but nothing that like it's almost like that it's like there's a cord coming from the center of your being that that's you know like once you find it and once you hone in on it it's it's like you're called that direction you know like like for me it's art or like i'm really really big into I'm, i'm a huge advocate for um domestic violence mm-hmm. and so domestic violence survivors and that type of thing um and so there's there's you can come across all kinds of different um i don't want to say nonprofits, but like um organizations charities, charities organizations. yeah mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. that where you can help different people and and things like that but when you're called it's like you know and and there's no going back there's no like 
oh my gosh, what are people going to think? What are, you know, what if this, I, 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 nobody else is talking about this, but I'm talking about this, or maybe one other person is talking about this, but you're just called for that. You, you've got, I don't know. I, I believe you've got to follow it. Yeah. Yeah. Even, and, and it's like, even if, even if following it simply means like when I went to look it up on Google, mm-hmm. I was looking for like something promotional out there where somebody was talking about 39 inches of topsoil, right. like, you know, like big writing kind of thing. Yeah. And I did not find that. I found, um, you know, desertification. I found, you know, like, you know, other words that I can't bring to the front of my brain right now but I didn't like there wasn't any strong promotional campaign for 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 the 39 inches of topsoil and that's where everything dies into and everything grows out of and dies into and there's other bacteria and microbial things below that right but our lives our lives are dependent on those 39 inches of topsoil and, and I just want to put out like all kinds of messages about it. And it, you know, what do you do? Put a flag next to it. Like how do you, how do you promote that? How do you put a visual out there? Okay. So I immediately have a visual. So let's of think course of you do. <laughs> right. Of course I do. So, all right. So let's take something as simple as a tree. I know that there's an, another member um, in our joy-based living group who is very, very passionate about trees. So tree starts off as a, as a seed and, you know, you plant it, it grows into a sapling and then every year it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as it, I'm going to go two different directions here. So as it continues to grow and gets taller, those roots have to either go down or go out. Yeah. And so I'm going to share a, a little personal story. Um, I live in Tampa, Florida. And so the housing development I live in was developed in the 1980s. Yeah. And for whatever reason, on our particular street, they, <laughs> they planted poplar trees. So there was like okay. one every two houses. Uh, poplar trees. Pop- okay. Poplar trees. And the poplar trees are in between. They, they were planted between the sidewalk and the curb. And so, um, over the last, I don't know, say probably five to 10 years, let's say five, five years, they've gotten so big cause they're, you know, they're like 40 years old right. that their roots were starting to grow underneath the sidewalk and crack the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and un- unbeknownst to our uh, homeowners association and all the people who were like, wait a minute, we don't want the sidewalks cracked. So they, they told the County and the County came along and the County hired whatever ABC company um, to come along and to take care of the situation. So ABC company, and I'm making up the name ABC company because I, I don't know who they are. I mean, I probably do, but whatever. Um, not quite sure they did their homework because what they did is they came in and they broke up the sidewalks that were broken. They chopped off the limbs or the, the, the roots that were 
you know, underneath mm-hmm. the sidewalks. And so, and then they relayed. So now you have, imagine a tree who has a quarter of it, a quarter of its root system gone. Right. And so now you have brand new sidewalks, all nice and pretty. And of course, you know, myself and my son went out there and he wrote a little start line and I drew my little palette, you know, in the concrete. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But the next storm that came along, um, and now you're probably going to ask me for a treat for, for a picture. Um, but the next storm that came along the tree, because a quarter of it was not, was not there, literally fell into our house. I remember that picture very well. Yeah. It was quite shocking. Well, yeah. Imagine getting the video from your neighbor who watched it fall onto your house. And yeah, you have a you're like in a two story house, and it basically crushed like the top story front side. Yeah, in my son's room. Yeah, it was it was it was quite it was looked like a Hollywood movie thing. Like it wasn't even real. Yeah, like it was absolutely surreal. So, mm-hmm. so the reason I'm telling this story is because those trees have roots, and some of the roots go down. Coincidentally, the poplar trees went straight out and these people didn't do their homework, but most of the roots go straight down. And so those 39 inches are really important for the trees. Just, just, just think about the trees alone on the earth. Forget everything else. If we don't have those 39 inches, what's going to happen to these trees? Well, you know, one of my favorite phrases that that you're like that came up when when you in me and by the way if anybody hears me typing in the background I'm like taking notes and things so that but by the time we're done with our conversation a lot of times we forgot like some of the details and we're like what else did we talk about and so I just I'm typing as we go so it's instead of index cards um so thank you for I'm not I'm not in another conversation I'm completely here um, <laughs> Michelle said I should tell you guys that. <laughs> um, so, so um, anyway, yeah, th- there's there's a poet, John. He's from Irish. I forgot his name now, but he 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 talked a lot about the space between us. Okay. And what you're talking about is the space between trees. Mm. And the space that each one of us needs to function at our best and to be balanced and strong. And that because it's invisible and it's under the earth, there's a tendency to ignore it. You can't really sensationalize that. You can only be aware of it and take care of it. Mm -hmm. And so you're passionate about that because it like literally hits you all right in the, you know, in <laughs> between the, the eyes kind of thing. <laughs> right between the eyes kind of a thing. Um, you, you know, I'm hoping that this time of the world taking a pause, um, what, what I wanted to say about the 39 and the, and the, the person who mentioned it was that for the first time in all of the years of conversations about climate change since I was a little girl, 
because it's only exacerbated now, but it's been going on for years. <laughs> it was the very first time that I had a focal point that made sense. Yeah. Because I'm an essence person. Like, if you don't change the essence, you're just going to have to keep spinning your wheels. And you know how I feel about people spinning their wheels. Oh, I do. <laughs> right, right. Like, like really, is that where we're going to put our focus? Oh, then we're going to have to do it again and again and again and again. Then when you get to play, you don't because you have to keep fixing the problems that were never fixed at the root cause to begin with. And And so, like, if we bring it back to, like, honor, commitment, loyalty. So when you were describing that company... The, they were not honoring, they were not committed, they were not being loyal to what was best for the community, what was best for the trees, what was best for the people. Right, right. And, and so when we look at the wounding, archetypal wounds around that, the archetypal wounds are shame, abandonment, and betrayal. Right. And... I don't know exactly where I'm going with this right now, Michelle, but I just feel that, you know, what you just described, what you described was the negative consequence that happens when we don't attend to the underground or the invisible space between us. And I think we have a ton of, you know, Hollywood output stories that describe the negative output. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see like major, almost sensational promotion around the 39 inches. I think the space between us is being promoted at joy-based living <laughs> and the fact that love is our superpower and meaningful conversations are our world. I think we've beamed out a pretty good signal. <laughs> So, so now it's like, the, it's almost like the, the earth's 39 tops, 39 inches of topsoil are the metaphor, the physical metaphor of what needs to be cared for in the physical by me mm -hmm. and by anybody else who feels called to. And God forbid, I just take on an easy task. Um <laughs> imagine that <laughs> imagine that something that can be easily explained to everybody in like less than 10 seconds uh-uh nope. um no because that wouldn't require meaningful conversation <laughs> elevator speeches is not your strong point <laughs> what did you say i said, you I said elevator speeches are not your strong point <laughs> oh my god i despise having to create elevator speeches <laughs> Those were like my worst nightmare. I mean, I learned how to do them when I needed to. Right. And then I actually did really good, but they're excruciating oh, yeah. for me. Um, <laughs> what, what is it like for you when you're trying to create an elevator speech? Oh, are you kidding? Mm, I, 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 I don't even know. It's, it's like, really? Yeah. Like, like, let, let's fling paint and let me see how, let me see how bad you can smash up this canvas, which you just painted. <laughs> and then we can talk. Right. Like, like you know, you know, because, you know, when, when you first showed me, because Michelle is just one of the wildest out of the box artists I have ever met. 
And because of what I do, I meet people from all walks of life. And like, she'll like, she surprises me, which (laughs) takes a lot. Um, You know, like she'll take a canvas, she'll make this beautiful painting and then she'll take like hammer and nails and and, (laughs) and just and wire and rip the thing apart. Like it was attacking her firstborn child. (laughs) And like, I'm like, why did you do that? But it's got like, by the time the end result is there, it's like, it has meaning to it. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that, Michelle, like what, when you do art like that, like why, what, like, I know when you, one of the things that you used to love doing was like metal art and all the heat. And mm-hmm. the, I know you love texture. I know that you love, te- you know, big things and texture, but what is it about creating a piece of art and destroying it that has so much meaning to you? Um, there's something about, I don't know. I, I, so let me give you a little bit of my background. I was raised with my, my grandfather owned a construction company. And so they were always in a bunch of tractor trailers and dump trucks and backhoes and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so there's something about the element of destruction that's very natural to me. And I think it has to do with watching breaking down walls and barriers or, or um, and welding them back together. Like, you know, the, the sparks that happen when you weld something, it's almost yes. like, uh, it may sound really weird, but I'm going to say it, it, it's almost like glistening. It's like, you know, you've got these, hot ambers that kind of come out and so and um about four years ago no it was it was right when so my son and I and my father took a road trip in July of 2017 and so we went up through the east coast from Florida up through the east coast Um, my father is a Robert E. Lee reenactor I'm going to get to the, to the story, I promise. <laughs> and so we went up to Gettysburg and we did that little thing. And then we went over to Kansas and we saw some at Kansas to Kentucky and saw some family. And then we came down into Alabama and we stopped off and saw Debbie. And while I was, after we came back home, um, I had this, this vision and this dream. And so I painted the canvas and did you know what the vision was kind of it wasn't like I I didn't give it the the full oomph to like finish Mm -hmm. this piece Mm -hmm. and there was a part of me that was like that's not enough that's not I need to fulfill that feeling inside of me that needs to come out and then I had this image of this series of different paintings and they're all you know they're they're only like these particular ones are like four by 12 canvases and one was in yellows and greens and I and I I added some texture paste and some um gel paint not gel paste but the the texture paste that has the little balls and I can't think of the name right now in into my paint and I added that and then I added some and it felt like it needed more texture and so I hammered some nails in it and I strung some string around it and that one was in like yellow and green and then I had one that was like in purples and 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 
teals and then I did one that was in blues and then and, and each one of these had like their own element where I was tying things and screwing things in the frame and and it just like it it just felt like it needed that um so then I did an or, or I did a a red one and then I did I'm trying to think I did a white one and I had just gone to um, earlier that year, I, I went to a Tibetan monk ceremony and I got some of the sand. And so the white one, I took some of the, the sand from the, the mandala and add. Right, because that's, wait, 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 slow down a little, because that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Tibetan monks make mandalas out of sand that was colored by fruits and vegetables. And so. Sand that was <clears throat> Covered, colored, colored, like the dye. Colored, yeah. colored, colored by fruits and vegetables. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. dyes come, and so they make this mandala, and then they literally tip it. Mm. No, they they literally cut it with something that's kind of like a pizza knife, and they, I mean, they make this gorgeous like like three foot by three foot mandala, and um, and then they, you know, they do this fantastic ceremony. And then they come along with, it's actually, I think it's, it's not a pizza knife, it's, but they cut it like it's a pizza. Um, like this little. Oh, I've seen, I've seen them, I've seen them tip it and then, and then release it into the water. So tell me more. Oh no, this is like where they go in and I may have, I don't know if I have pictures anyway, where they have um, like this, it looked like a brass a little brass uh, statue of something or some kind of something with meaning. And so they come along and they did some kind of prayer and he literally like cut it, you know, it, at each corner and cut it at 90 degree angles and cut it like as if it were a clock. And then they start sweeping it around. And so then everything that they've spent the last seven days working on, is swept into just a bunch of sand and so not just a bunch of sand but you know um and so they take part of that sand and they take it to the the saint pete you know the saint pete river and it's it's you know it's blessed and part of this whole process but the idea behind the mandala itself is impermanence is that you know that the nothing in life is is concrete Nothing in life is absolutely, everything is always going to change. And so that's their concept. And so, but there was, for me at my moment, I did back to the paintings. I did, um, I was doing a white one. And so I was feeling like the energy because that particular mandala that I saw was a peace mandala. It was actually designed by the Dalai Lama. And so I took some of that sand and I added that to the white canvas. And so then when I, as I kept going through this whole series, I came across this, this image of doing a black canvas. And so I painted it with like, like Indian ink and, and, and just the, the several different blacks and I stapled it and I screwed stuff into it and I hammered railroad ties. And then I was like, you know, I wonder what would happen. And this was my artistic brain, not the logical side of me, but completely my artistic brain that said, I wonder what would happen if I just broke, broke it open. Just like, you know, so I did with my hands, I just pulled it and just like in that force of mm -hmm. destruction it was almost like, um, like cathartic. It, it was just, it was so like, it needed to be part of that process. 
And Pablo Picasso. I'm going to look it up. Picasso has a quote about destruction. Okay. About destruction. So every act of creation is a is first of all an act of destruction mm-hmm. and so you know like you just kind of break things down in order to put them back together and think about it toddlers do it all the time with legos they're like they, you know they put some legos together and then they're like oh that's not what i want anymore and so then they tear it apart and then they put something back together it's you know but but if as adults or typically thought of like, oh my gosh, you broke something, you know, that's not okay. You're not supposed to break things. Right. And I'm like, I don't care what you think. This is my art and this is how I feel and this is what I'm going to do. And so if I feel like breaking it, break it. Why not? And so what, what was, what's the, what's the punchline for you for those works of art? What's the punchline? Yeah, because I, you're not you're not just you you're you're deliberately breaking something with a sense of meaning. You're not just walking around your neighborhood and like breaking things. Oh yeah, no no no. It's um, I don't know. Maybe like breaking the process, breaking because that particular series was a series of emotions. Like the yellow and green one was called fear. The orange and red one was called passion one was called the the white one was called peace so what were you breaking um i'm so curious i'm i'm and i don't know that you've ever named it so maybe we will so the the black one was called darkness so maybe just breaking the images of darkness in the psyche breaking maybe breaking resistance to each one of those feelings maybe I don't know. I was right. breaking. It was. Uh, I'm. T- I'm trying to feel in my body. It was like breaking and releasing to reconstruct. I think. Wow. So, like, maybe taking your relationship with fear, breaking it, and saying, "No, I'm going to have a new one now." Yeah. Yeah, that may possibly be it. Or breaking, because I did the, the, the darkness was the second to the last one. And after I did the darkness is when I came back in and I did this really cool orange one where I added all of these like wires, like these orange and red wires. Yeah. And I called that one passion. And so maybe it was like breaking, like you said, breaking down all those other, those other um, emotions to get to the heat of, of the, the core of it all. Maybe, and maybe we're trying to put words to something that doesn't necessarily have words to it. Mm-hmm. I, maybe, maybe what I'm really reaching for is like, what's, what's it like for you? Like what I'm getting from you is, oh my goodness, that just felt so good mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. so many levels. It's a, like, yeah. like, 
like like there's a release and a catharsis and doing what you're not supposed to do and breaking the rules against what other people think art is supposed to be and how canvases are supposed to be treated. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a heck no to the system of thought that says, this is how it's supposed to be. It's very Yoko Ono, actually. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, am I right? Am I? So it, it's, it's almost like trying to put words to it almost like defies what it is you're trying to do. Like what you're trying to accomplish is like a more, a fuller self-expression. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely release. It's like released of, of the resistance of the, the resistance of being told what to do and conformity. And there we go. I think that's what go. it is. Yeah. There we go. Like, like it's, it's, it's like, you're supposed it's, to, it's, you have a canvas and you're supposed to do this. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that. I'm going to break it apart instead. Well, what I feel you breaking apart is the suffocation of it. Mm. Like, I don't think so. Like my book, like children's book, mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm, think mm -hmm. so. Like that's, it's almost like that book was so cathartic for me. And like that kids love that book. Like, I don't think so. And, and it's, it's, it's like on a, like, but that's a funny book, but these are like, no, I don't want to be stuck into the confines of what you all think I'm supposed to be as an artist or what you all think I'm supposed to do as an artist. I'm going to do it my way. Well, and it's funny because that particular series, like it's it's a rule of thumb that if you don't want to put a, I'm going to say it's a rule of thumb, the, the pretty much. <laughs> the, the one who's breaking the rules is now talking about rules. No, but, Thank you. Go ahead. So like as a curator, when people bring me art, I say to them, okay, it, the sides either need to have paint on them, like meaning, you know, the, the, the painting wraps around the sides, or it needs to have a frame, or if at the very least you don't want to paint the sides and you don't want to, you, you know, indulge on a frame, then paint the sides black, something. And so this particular series that you and I are talking about, I also decided that I didn't want to paint the sides. And I was like, I don't want to have to paint the sides. Are you crazy? I'm not painting the sides. This, I, I want the person to understand that I'm going to paint the front. And that's it. I don't have to do the sides. So it's taking your rules as a curator and breaking them as an artist. Yes. Yes. And this was before I, I was even. That. This, this was before I was even the curator. I mean, I knew about the rules because I was already working there. But it was like, no, I... Wow. Yeah, I, I don't want to paint the sides. I don't have to, you know, it's kind of like, like you said, I don't think that little girl was like, I don't want to do this, daddy. I don't want to do that, mommy. It was, no, I don't want to go to bed. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. And so, and it's funny because that was also, that emotion series was at the tail end of a series that I did focused on cancer. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of sadness. A lot of sadness. My, my best friend, Hold on. <laughs> About to get emotional. Um, and so my best friend was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to have, you know, underwent a whole bunch of, and I'm sure that there are listeners out there who have had breast cancer and know someone who's had it. And so I had this whole series of different paintings and different, I, actually, there was all of it. All the work was mixed media. Um, and one of them was 
Because when she found out, she called her, she called her husband first, and then she called me. And when she called me, I could hear in her voice that it was like the floor had just been, the, like, fell out from underneath her. Like, just her whole foundation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I immediately started drawing out different things. And so I came up with this sculpture it's um <clears throat> excuse me it's more of like a like a a small installation mm-hmm. and so where you have and initially it was i i took um a 36 by 24 canvas and i just did like purple and black and like a, a deep blue like a sapphire blue and i did like this swirl and i added texture paste so you could feel all the texture in it And it was like the abyss where she was falling down into the abyss. And I only painted the top of the canvas. And then I found a pair of shoes and I hung them. And I have a video around here somewhere. Maybe I'll give that to you. Um, I have a pair of shoes that I hung from fishing wire. And then I had in my stash of art supplies, I had an old ceiling tile that a friend of mine gave me when I lived in Ohio. <laughs> You're back to breaking things. I took that ceiling tile and it's like an old metal ceiling tile. So it's got like the old, the, like the white lead paint because it's from like the, you know, the turn of the century. And I don't mean 99 to 2000. Um, and I got, and I took it out back and I, I took a, like a sledgehammer and I just started beating the tar out of it. And then I got out my torch and I burnt it like until it was smoking and the paint was peeling off and all kinds of just like, just, just tore it up. And, um, and then I was like, all right, so because this, I just wanted to have it. And so essentially what happens is like the ceiling tile is hanging from the ceiling the shoes are hanging from in between the hole of the ceiling tile. And then you have the abyss at the bottom. And it was just, you know, just like that whole kind of, but that whole, uh, I mean, the visual is profound, but the, the, the process of painting the abyss and going through with the ceiling tile and just beating the tar out of it was just so good. And so, freeing and so cleansing cleansing yeah because I took her feelings and what she you know her my Mm. her experience through me and I just you know and she beat it I mean she's 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 what three years cancer free now so but you know just it was very just yeah just very profound for me wow yeah wow I mean I don't know about like people who are listening right now but like when I hear you talk at that level like I can feel it with you and and the the release of that and the catharsis of that and they to me I hesitate to use this word but I don't know a better one right now Mm. it's almost like shamanic like embracing the full darkness of of an experience and like being like a surrogate to let it move through you Mm -hmm. and then 
having a clearer space afterwards. Like you might not necessarily have been like officially in prayer, but I think that when people do art at that level, I think there's a mystery to life of energy that moves and using your physical expression I could feel the movement of energy in my body as you talked about it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, and, and so this is the kind of thing where I I feel like, you know, I wish we had more places for that kind of conversation in a way that wasn't just so metaphysical and so woo. I wish it was like part of our, I wish it was, I wish our, our societies were more inclusive of the mysteries so that when we're experiencing things like this, we could share with each other Mm -hmm. without turning it into some weird lingo, like emotions are emotions. And when they get stuck, they get stuck. And, you know, as people who are artists and healers and, and things like that, we're constantly processing emotion. Oh yeah. Constantly. And, and it's right. And so you did that for her. Like, what a great act of, of friendship and love and, like, the fibers between the two of you, you know? And who knows what happened inside of her being because of the work that you did. You know, we never talked about that. Yeah. And- I, I wonder. I wonder about, like, I don't have, like, a, you know, here's what happened. I have a standing inside of... I wonder, you know, after she healed, when was it? It was my first October. So it was two Octobers ago. So that would have been October of 18. Mm -hmm. Um, I, even though it was cancer related, I did a domestic violence show in one of my smaller galleries. That's kind Mm -hmm. of longer and it has two alcoves at the end. And, um, and so I put that installation in there and the way that the air conditioning vent was, is that the shoes were always moving. Uh, and so, um, I had, I, wow. I invited her to that art reception and when she saw it, mm-hmm. she said it was profound for her too. She, yeah. you know, she knew that it was, it was for her. And she was able to feel it. You are amazing. You, the depth of the artist that you are is, is just more clearer and clearer to me every time, the more I get to know you. It's really cool. We're going to have to bring this to a close, my dear. You ready to do that? Yep. That's fine. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Wow. I feel like I just traversed another, two other worlds. Um, (laughs) Okay, whoever is listening, mm-hmm. my name is Debbie Happy Cohen. I'm with Michelle Stone. You can find this podcast at our shared blog posts at joybaseliving.com. If you just click Lioness or you go to the bottom of the website and type in the search bar Lioness, this is episode 34 and it has been quite phenomenal. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's my pleasure, Debbie. Thank you for having me. All right.